Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Gentlemen, this is the Cannon Fire Hotline Show. We're going to be taking your calls over the next hour or so. 813-433-0323 if you want to call in. Welcome to the stream. We are live on YouTube today. Also going to take this audio and probably push it out to our podcast friends. So if you're listening to this on the podcast feed in a last minute game preview, thank you so much. What is going on to my people in the live chat? I'm flying solo today, but that's all right. Like I said, going to be taking your calls. All my people in the live chat, Griffin Greatness, Frank G, Neil, Bucked Up. Doing good, y'all. How we doing? Happy Friday. So we recorded a game preview show yesterday, and, you know, it wasn't a bad show, but there's been a little news. I'd say for the first half of that show, we talked about the injury report, some of the injury updates coming out of Tampa Bay. Vita Vea was brought back from the injured reserve. Bucks officially activated him today, so we'll talk about that. Antonio Brown was ruled out. He didn't practice at all this week, and Evan and I both went on the show and said he'll probably play this week, and in a surprising move, the Bucks ruled him out today. But, I mean, I guess I can understand the precaution. We'll talk about that. 6.25 p.m., we're going to be talking to my good friend Greg Larnard of ESPN Radio in New Orleans, 14.20 a.m. up there. He's going to be giving us a call. We'll preview this Sunday's game against the Packers, maybe touch up on some things that we had missed on Thursday's show. But if you're hanging out with me, thank you so much. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday. Like I said before, this is not a regular installment of the Cannon Fire podcast. This is a CF Hotline show. And, um, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's the more casual show. We're just kind of hanging out talking about the Bucks. A couple of big headlines I had just mentioned. Vita Vea was activated today, so he is going to play in Sunday's game against the Packers. And ladies and gentlemen, that is huge. You know, we talked about how big it is to get a guy like Vita Vea back on that line, but when you're taking into consideration that defensive line rotation, keeping your big guys in the middle healthy, Sue doesn't have to do it all by himself anymore. William Golson is a little bit of help. Nacho has a little bit of help. And I think we got our first caller of the show. Thanks for calling the Can Fire Hotline. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hello? Hello, hello? Going once, going twice. Hello? Sorry, bud. Try and call back out of the 484. I'm not really sure what happened there. I don't know if he butt-dialed us or what, but it didn't sound like he was ready to talk about the Bucks. But Vita Vea coming back. Huge for this defense. You know, we talked about how Green Bay has adjusted to the Blitz pretty well since the last time they played Tampa Bay because I think that's what gave the Packers the most trouble the last time they played the Bucks was just the different looks that Todd Bowles was throwing at him from the Blitz. Rodgers got frustrated. One pick after another. You're not going to get that same Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to get that same Bucks defense either. 
But funny enough, that Packers game was the first game that they didn't have Vita Vea after going down in the Bears game. Corey Ford calling back. Thanks for calling the Can of Fire Hotline. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? There we go. That I don't know why that that screwed up like that. <laughs> What's up, Shorty? Nothing. What's up, bud? Not too much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Too Legit to Quit. You got to send me a text or something so I can get the music queued up next time. But uh, I know. I know. He is here. Mr. Good Vibrations himself, the guy that picked against the Bucks on the show this week, Evan Wanish. Yeah, you're not going to let me live that down, huh? Oh, dude, there were people in the comments who said that I should punch you in your pedo mustache face, and that that was a direct quote. <laughs> that, that was a direct. I didn't see yeah. that actually. Yeah, wow. I don't All remember right. the name of the person, but guys, go check it out on the game preview show. Somebody was like, "You should punch that pedophile mustache guy in the middle, right in the face, for picking against Tampa <laughs> Bay this week." <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, I, I I checked the comment section a lot too. I I must have missed that one. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. So what's going on, buddy? Man. We're hanging out, talking about Vita Vea. We didn't really get that much into anything um, just yet. I mean, stream just started, as you know. But uh, but how are you? What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Mm, I mean, not much. It's uh, obviously we said on the show yesterday that we thought Antonio Brown was going to play. Um, in which he's obviously not now. So I don't, I don't think it's a huge loss. I mean, it, it sucks, but it's not a huge thing because they have the receiving depth and they have the tight end. Excuse me, the tight end depth as well. So that's not that big of a deal. But yeah, you'd want him out there. Um, as far as Vita Vega goes, like I mean, we talked about on the show, he's active now, but we'll see how much he actually plays. So. Yeah, uh, I actually saw. I think it was Evan Winter on Twitter who had said that he would actually prefer if VFA was going to play limited snaps that it be um, on passing downs because of what we talked about yesterday. What he does for the pass rush, uh, as far as you know, getting that attention. So we'll see what their plan is for him. It does sound like he's going to play though. Um, I'm expecting him to play at this point. But um, yeah, Antoine Winfield. I know some people have been. Asking me just because I, I think it's a, it's a late scare, so people are a little bit worried. I think he'll play. Um, he was a full participant yesterday, and then you know he didn't practice at all today, which isn't a great sign that you're not practicing at all. But I still think yeah. he'll he'll be able to play. So yeah, definitely hoping so. And then going back to you know just the whole update that we got today, injury wise, with AB being rolled out. You look at this game, and I don't know if we went that much into detail on Thursday about it. We probably should have just something I forgot to say, but you know, I think this defense has proven so far in the playoffs, aside from maybe the Washington game that they have the ability to carry us through games like this. And with the absence of Antonio Brown, yeah, it's going to be a little bit harder to get the big openings that you would like on the offense, but I, I still think there's plenty of talent. There's plenty of weapons on the offense and Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's going to make sure he protects the ball and he throws to the guy who's open. So I still trust in the offense to put points on the board, but this defense is kind of who you needed to lean on in a game like this. And, you know, I just can't stress enough, again, how much having a guy like Vita Vea back is going to help them um, because you're going to want to do whatever you can to disrupt Aaron Rodgers. And I like what you said about sending Vita out there for the passing downs because he's definitely garnered a little bit more of a reputation this past season as a guy who can uh, – Make some noise in the backfield when it comes to the quarterback, but we'll see how he does Sunday. But definitely a big, big acquisition for the Bucks, and exciting news today to find out he was activated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a big, it's a good step for him. I mean, it's it's something that wasn't expected at all. Um, yeah, but I mean, even in that Saints game, like Antonio Brown was basically a non-factor in that Saints game. Like they ran some end-around stuff with him, but I mean, he had one catch for ten yards. I understand he got injured then, but I mean, I don't, I just don't know. You know, I mean, he was he he caught that touchdown in the Washington game, but uh, he, and he had that one end around. But other than that, he didn't really do much in the Washington game. Yeah. Um. You know, he hasn't he hasn't made the impact that people some people thought he would. So I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna hurt not having him, but it's not a killer to this offense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying it in the live chat now, but you've got guys like Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson had a hell of a catch last week, um, mm -hmm. so that cannot go underlooked. You know, it, there, there's a lot of guys on that offense who can step up and make a play in the absence, and we've seen them do it throughout the season, so they are definitely more than capable. Taking a look at the live chat really quickly, want to give a shout-out. Luke Torres says, hey, Rhett Nevin, just got in here. A little worried about Antoine Winfield being questionable for Sunday. 
Um, Evan actually just talked about that right before you jumped in here, which is usually the timing of how people come into this show. But it, I mean, it's OK. It's the nature of live streams. It is not your fault at all, Luke. But, uh, you know, I think Winfield obviously being a last minute addition to the injury report is a little bit concerning. It'll raise an eyebrow or two, but mm -hmm. I. You know, I agree with Evan, and I, I think he ultimately ends up playing. Yeah, I mean, we, we did think Antonio Brown was going to play, um, but I think Bruce Arians had said he just didn't know if it was going to swell up on the flight for Brown, so they didn't want to take the chance, and I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. We, you know, we'll see how we don't know how severe the injury actually is for Winfield. You know, we don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe he, he tweaked it in the warm-up for practice today. Maybe he tweaked it at the end of practice yesterday. Uh, we really won't know. I, I I would assume they'll put him out there for warm ups and see how he feels. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna be big to have him. And I mean, this is gonna be a game where I think, and this is, uh, I'll let somebody else uh, get on here. But um, this is gonna be a game where I think, yeah, the offense is gonna have to carry. But I think it's which defense is gonna make that one play. And yeah. it's the defense that makes that one play is the team that's gonna win. So yeah. uh, whether whether it's a turnover, whether it's a sack, whether it's a uh, big pass breakup, that one play that you're going to remember from the game, it's going to be, you know, which defense makes that play. And whoever defense makes that play is the team that's going to win. I, I truly believe that. Absolutely. That's something you're going to be waiting on the entire afternoon. I mean, these are two offenses that do not make a lot of mistakes. They don't turn the ball over very often. So if you see anything like that in the game on Sunday, it's definitely going to be a huge momentum shift in the favor of whoever comes up with the football, basically. But we'll take one more question in the live chat before I let you go, my man. Uh, Mr. Smith, shout out from Riverview. Hell yeah, man. I actually drove through Riverview today. I had to go stop by my mama's house and grab some clothes and whatnot. But uh, Pasco Seiko, I think I said that correctly. Do you think this is the week that Jason Pierre-Paul is found after being missing for several weeks? Well, uh, you know, since we are the number one Jason Pierre-Paul hate podcast nowadays, this will be a hot topic. But Evan, a lot of eyes are going to be on Jason Pierre-Paul. And I guess that entire defensive line this week is not only do they have Devin White, who's playing like a madman, but they've got Vita Vea, who's really going to open up some opportunities for any uh, for anybody else on that D-line. So I definitely think this is the week that either Shaq Barrett or JPP is going to have to step up big time and, and make the play that you were just talking about. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I don't think both of them have to have these monster games, but I think both Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul have to show up in this game. Um, if both of them are complete ghosts, the Bucks are going to lose um, because they just you can't give Rodgers that amount of time. You know, yeah. uh, so I, I think they're they're both going to have to show up. I'm not saying they're going to have to each record two sacks and have a forced fumble. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying make a disruptive play here and there. Jason Pierre-Paul was able to bat the ball down, you know, uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday, uh, last week on, on a nice uh, third down. <laughs> Bucks are going um, back to back, man. That's rough. I don't know yeah. if any teams have done that yeah, before. Quick, quick turnaround. Yeah, um, two games in two days. Yeah. So, um a lot of that's why the injuries are piling up. Um, so, um, and then you know, Shaq Barrett was able to get some pressure every now and then, but he needs to get home, and uh, he hasn't gotten home recently. And, and that's something they're, they're going to need to do against Aaron Rodgers. And um, if they don't, it, it could be a really long day. But I think, yeah, that entire defensive line, if this defensive line gets dominated by the Packers' offensive line, it, it could be a long day for the Bucks. So they're, they're going to need to. Yeah, you can blitz, and it can confuse Rodgers a little bit, but you can't blitz every play. Eventually, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to get figured out. So um, you're going to have to – you're going to have to – I mean, we've been saying it all year, but, I mean, it's really important in this game to, to get home with, with four guys. And, you know, if you want to send a blitzer, send one, maybe. You know, I wouldn't really be sending two, three blitzers because then you're almost cover zero at that point against Rodgers. That's, that's a kiss of death right there. So yeah. uh, I think both guys need to show up and – I mean, we're, we're, you know, we love JPP on this podcast. It's not, you know, we're, we're just saying the facts that he needs to be better. And I understand that, yeah, his injury, his knee injury could be serious. Okay, then don't play. Like, if, 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 you're, if you're not going to make an impact, then, then don't play. Because right now you're hurting the team more than helping. So I, I, hope, he, I hope he gets out of it. Um, I'm going to say one of them, not both of them, one of Shaq Barrett and Bear Paul, you're going to like come away from that game, win or loss, and you're going to come away from that game saying, wow, they played pretty good. So I'll say one of those guys is going to have a pretty good game. Absolutely. And, and, you know, kind of like you had said, 
I don't think people should expect a blockbuster day from them. It'd be nice if they got a sack or two, but I, I don't think Jason Pierre-Paul gets two or three sacks on the afternoon. I don't think Shaq Barrett gets two or three sacks, but making those critical plays at the line of scrimmage, you know, getting a hand on the football, like you had mentioned that JPP has been able to do a couple of times this year. A couple of guys on that defensive line have gotten some hands on some footballs at the line of scrimmage this year, but getting a hand in the face of the quarterback, just disrupting the play however yeah. you can. Even if you don't touch Aaron Rodgers, if you get there on the blitz and you're in his face, could cause an errant throw, which could cause an interception, which could cause that game-changing play on defense that we've been talking about here for a couple of minutes. But the little things are what count. And getting in the face mm -hmm. of a quarterback who's going to be getting the ball out incredibly quick uh, is going to be all that important for those two guys on the line. Yeah, I mean it's it's for pressure is the quarterback's weakness right there. Every good quarterback, when I mean, you say well, how to beat Tom Brady, you gotta get pressure on him. Same thing for Aaron Rodgers. It's not like it's. I, I, I hate when people say, "Well, just pressure Tom Brady." That's all you have to do. That's for every quarterback. Every yeah. quarterback is going to be worse when he has two defenders in his face. It's just natural. Yeah. So yeah, if you can start to get home, hit him a little bit, get in his head, and that that could force those those Aaron throws that you're talking. about. Couple more uh, shout outs here in the live chat. Super Dimensional says AB is out. Is that clickbait? Because I don't see anything. You're a couple hours late, buddy. But yeah, Antonio Brown has been ruled out for this Sunday. So the Buccaneers taking the uh, precautious route here and basically saying, you know what? If we win, we'll have him ready to go for the big game in Tampa here in a couple of weeks. But we just have to see how Sunday goes. But yes, AB is out. Um, actually, somebody just got at me on Twitter and said, sacrificed Antonio Brown to the football gods for Vita Vea when we needed him most. You know, it's funny because I know that I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. And Evan, I'll let you go here in a minute, buddy. I, uh, I don't want to, you know, keep up your busy afternoon here. But <laughs> I will say you look at you take what the Bucks were given. I would much rather prefer having Vita Vea than Antonio Brown. Like if yeah. you had to pick either one of those two guys, you know, talked about earlier. I, I fully trust in this offense to still be able to get down the field and put points on the board. Having Vita Vea on defense is just another dimension of something that Aaron Rodgers has not seen. He has film on this Bucks defense. And yeah, he has a little bit of film with this Bucks defense with Vita Vea in there. But I mean, the last time they played, he was not going up against number 50. And so that's just a different element. And I, I think no matter what way you look at it, it's an advantage for Tampa Bay at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, they played that week six game versus the Packers without either Antonio Brown or Vita Vea. Yeah. Um, actually, Antonio Brown had not even been signed at that point. He wasn't even a part of the team. I think so it was a week before. They signed him. They, well, I thought they signed him. Well, because they signed they, him week they, they seven because him. he had to wait two weeks. Yeah. It was, it was, I remember it was a Friday night. It was a Friday night, and they were about to play the Raiders on week seven on Sunday. Yep. That's when they, they signed him. So, it was the, yeah, the week the week after the Packers game is when they they signed them. So, yeah, I mean, they, the Bucks were without both those guys. Now you're only going to have one. I mean, I think, you know, just like you said, as far as more important, I think especially in playoff time, Vita Vea is more important. Obviously, you know, if you win, getting Antonio Brown back, I mean, he, he's going to come back, I think, for that Super Bowl. And, um, you know, getting him back and then getting Vita Vea some, some reps here. And if you guys win, you know, you can you can then move on with that and Vita Vea can get some reps underneath him, under his belt get some of that rust off and then he can be good to, to go for uh, the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be just be huge, uh, but we'll see what happens. Hell yeah. Now, one more question before I let you go. It'll be a short one. I just want to get your two cents here. People in the live chat going back and forth about the uniform combinations. Let's talk about the hypothetical situation where Tampa Bay wins this Sunday and they go on to play the Super Bowl as the home team. Would you prefer them wear the red on pewter or the pewter on pewter? I know my answer and I think we'll have the same answer, but I'm curious what you think. Uh, red on Peter. Yeah. Okay. Same here. Yeah. Same because here. just because, well, they won their only Super Bowl in the red on Peter. Um, it's in Tampa. I think the red on Peter is still their best jersey. So yeah, I, I think the the red on Peter would be would be the best. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like you don't really see a lot of teams bust out the alternate uniforms for the Super Bowl. Like I know the Rams played the Pats a couple of years ago in their throwbacks, but I think that's really the extent of what you'd see and. Obviously, with the Bucks, we know they don't have that option, so it's not like you'll be seeing the cream sickles in the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe soon. next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. You never know. Evan, it was good talking to you, my friend. Was there anything else you wanted to cover before I let you go? Nope. Just uh, we'll be talking to you either Sunday night if if the Bucks win, we'll probably go live again and have fifty thousand callers, which we appreciate. Um, or Monday, and it'll be a it'll be just a game review show, and then uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys about the the future. 
uh, what you know what's to come in the podcast. But hopefully, uh, we don't have to to have that Monday review, game review slash season ending show. Um, hopefully, you know Sunday night we're we're live streaming. So absolutely, All right. looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Well, happy Friday to you. Have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully I'll be talking to you again on Sunday. All right, man. See ya. Mr. Too Legit to Quit, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish, my co-host here on the Cannon Fire podcast. We had another call that I wasn't able to get to in time, but give us a call back, 813-433-0323. We'll probably take one or two more calls before we jump on with Greg at 625 p.m. Thanks for calling the Hotline Show. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hey, it's Zach from Wisconsin. How you doing? Zach from Wisconsin. How you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm just trying to keep a low profile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've got the buck sticker on the back of the car. If we win this week, the car is destroyed. I promise you. You're gonna you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be sitting on jack stands. All your wheels are stolen. Windows smashed out. Yeah, yeah, it's been. It's going to be a rough week for the car there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're behind enemy lines, but uh, what else is on your mind today? What are you thinking about when it comes to the game this Sunday? You know, I weirdly, I don't have a question about the game. I have a, I have a question about you, for you. Okay. I, whenever I watch the live, I always see that Redicus jersey in the background. When do you pull that out? What special occasion are you wearing the Redicus jersey? <laughs> um, I'm glad you noticed it. It's actually like the furthest back, so I'm surprised you were able to read it. But uh, the last time I wore it was week three against the Broncos, and I wore it because obviously they wore pewter that week. Um, now, I'm not superstitious in a lot of things, but I'm very superstitious about sports, and I had noticed this season that... Every single Sunday, I kind of just need to wear the red Mike Evans jersey that I have. So that's usually my go-to. It's the go-to. Um, but it's I mean, maybe maybe I'll bust out the custom on the on the live stream or the next episode we do, depending on what the tone is. But uh, I mean, it's definitely rare that I bust it out. You know, it's it's a custom, but it was. It, I mean, it's a fake jersey, so it's like two sizes too big. Um, so it's more so like a wall piece now. But uh, it, yeah, I, I appreciate you noticing it, man, because it's it's way back there. So I'm I'm surprised you're able to see it. Yeah, I, I was just looking at it, and I was like, he he definitely busts out on an occasion. I want to know when. <laughs> yeah, weird weird question for you, but that's really all I had. <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate you, man. Glad to have you tuned in, and I'm glad to have you paying attention. Like that's you know you really have to be paying attention to the show to catch something like that. <laughs> so I guess I have to commend you for it. Thanks for checking us out, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Have a good weekend. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. 813-433-0323. We'll take one or two more calls. Like I said, 625 p.m. We're going to be talking to Greg Larnard of uh, 1420 a.m. ESPN Radio in New Orleans. I believe it is the flagship station of the Rage and Cajuns College Football. So we'll talk to him and preview the Packers game on Sunday. Thanks for calling the hotline. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, my name is Madonch, and I'm from California. How are you doing out there on the West Coast, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing good. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood. I got a stomach full of good food and talking about the Bucks. So, honestly, I, I don't think I could be any better right now. Yeah. Um. So, I had two questions. One is a, a Jersey question, and one's actually about the game. Okay. So, I'm... so. I'm superstitious about the jersey that the Bucks are going to wear. And I was wondering if you're if you think that we should pull out the the white jersey with the Peter pants because the, that's when that's the one time that's the jersey we beat the Packers in and that's the jersey we beat the Saints in for the first time. Yeah, Bucks actually announced Bucks actually announced yesterday they're going to be rocking the uh, the white and pewter color combination. Fun fact for anybody who didn't know, Bucks are actually undefeated this year in the white jersey with the pewter pants. So uh, definitely an interesting note there. But yeah, white and pewter is the way to go. And I think it's the prettiest color combo they could have picked. I mean, there's nothing that says classic battle in the playoffs like the white and pewter Bucks versus the green and yellow Packers. Like that's why I was so excited about the week six game before the season started. Um, just to see those two teams under the light. So to see it again in that color combo this Sunday, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, white and pewter is the way they're going to go. Okay, that's good. My superstitions have been heard of. Uh, so my uh, question about the football game was, do you 
how do you see Vita Vea being played? Because I, the way I see it is, uh, before Vita got hurt, they usually played him two thirds of the game, and then they had Nunes playing the other third of the game. So do you see those roles being flip flopped, or how do you see Vita Vea impact in the game? I think Vita is going to be just as much part of the rotation. Uh, on that interior line as anybody else. I think you'll see him in the game just as much as a guy like Will Golston, just as much as a guy like Nacho. I think it'll kind of be like a three or a four-way split. Maybe you see Steve McClendon in there every once in a while, but I think mostly you'll see Nacho and Vita Vea hogging up that middle of the line. If neither of them are in, then I would expect Will Golston or uh, or Raheem Nunez Rochez. I'm not sure about Steve McClendon. And at this point, we don't even know if they'll dress all of those guys. But if they do, I think that rotation is going to be key because uh, it keeps guys fresh. Uh, a guy like Vita Vea coming back from injury. I know he's been working for weeks and he's ready to go, but I just don't think he's going to be playing, you know, over 70 percent of the uh, defensive snaps out there. So I think it'll be a rotation if I had to guess. And uh, I'll say Vita is like right in the middle of it, getting about the same playing time as everybody else. OK. All right, buddy. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Nah, that's it. All righty. I appreciate you calling in. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Take this next call. Thanks for calling the hotline. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, my name is Steven. I'm calling in from uh, Jacksonville. What's going on up there in Jacksonville? How you doing, man? Good. How are you, man? I just want to say go Bucks, man. Hell yeah. Go Bucks, brother. It's big game this weekend. Yeah. Biggest game for the Bucks, and what feels yeah. like a millennium but uh everybody's gonna be on the edge of their seat and it's nice because it feels like the city of tampa is actually excited for a bucks game for the first time in a very long time but go bucks for sure my man yes sir man i've been waiting since gruden oh hell yeah they had um they had like a big drive-through event in tampa this morning and it was you know come by the stadium parking lot 14 over by the training center drive through get a little grab bag of stuff and it's funny because I went to that drive through event before the Washington game and I was in and out in five minutes. Apparently today, the event ran from 7 to 10 a.m. People got there at like 630 and they still had to wait in their cars for about two or three hours. So to say that Tampa is under uh, to say that Tampa is excited about this game is definitely the understatement of the year. But um, I mean, the excitement is real, man. Like we've both said, this is this is a game that a lot of people have waited a very long time for. And it uh, it's going to be pretty mm -hmm. telling. Yes, sir. Definitely, man. I'm very excited. Hell yeah. Did you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to the game this Sunday? I just want to say, uh, like, you think it's going to be a close game? I think it will. I, I think it'll be what we thought the Saints game was going to be, too. It'll be a close uh, touchdown after touchdown. I don't know if I want to go out on a limb here and say that, you know, both teams score over 30 points, but I think you'll see your fair, scurve, uh, fair share of scoring. Um and I think it'll be a game that whoever has the ball last is going to win, basically. Whoever wins the turnover battle and hangs on to the football at the end of the game is ultimately going to come out on top. But my score yeah. prediction for the Bucks this week was 31-28, so I think it's a pretty close game. That's a good prediction. I think Vita Vey is going to absolutely, like, manhandle Corey Lindsley. I feel like the way he just, like, plays defensive, like, interior, he's a like, big interior guy. I feel like he's going to do great. So oh, yeah, man. Big, like, gap stuffer and stuff. I think for a lot of offensive linemen, I mean, yeah, you can expect what you want to with Vita Vea, but I really think nobody knows what to expect with that guy until they're lined up across from him because more than one occasion, we have seen him just absolutely manhandle offensive linemen. And I mean, it's not a college game. It's not a high school game. These are NFL offensive linemen. Even if you're a second string or a third string O-lineman, you still have to be good enough to be in the NFL. So for a guy like Vita Vea to use his freakish ass strength to just move people out of the way i definitely think it's something that'll be a surprise for the guys on the o-line in green bay but uh we'll just have to see how healthy he is i mean there were a lot of videos of him working the sled at practice this week and he was full participation i'm pretty sure all three days so yeah i think he's in good shape ready to go but you know he'll have to kind of get his legs wet or uh, his legs underneath him once again yeah i feel like if he is like healthy enough i feel like we can use him like i think green bay is going to scheme and put two linemen on him, and that's going to open up gaps for, like, the linebackers and stuff to fill through. And, like, I, I think we can stop Aaron Jones and, like, A.J. Dillon and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I think this pass rush will be uh, – I think you'll get shades of what yeah. you saw early on in the season yeah. when they were averaging three sacks a game. Yeah. Because I feel like with, like, Nunez Rochez and, like, 
Steve McClendon, like Black, it's like the ability to like pass rush, but at the same time run stuff, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And the way and the way like Vita gets off, I feel like it's gonna be like huge help for guys like Devin White and like the, the William Goldston, so you can like do stunts and all that. So I feel like we're gonna see something we saw like um I think it was week two or the Bears game too. Like they 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 stopped that real like they stopped a Monk was Montgomery playing? I forgot, but uh, yeah, I feel like we, it was a while ago, Vita's but I think he was. Help. Yeah, I mean, you know, with Vita Vea, you talked about his pass rush ability, and I think what separates him from everybody else on the middle of that D-line is just, it's that first step, man. The guy is so athletic, but he's so goddamn fast coming off of the line of scrimmage, and you don't expect a guy who's 300-plus pounds to move the way that he does. So when he shoots a gap and you're not double-teaming him, you better hang the hell on because he'll run right past you if you're not ready. And, uh... You know, that's another thing that just separates him to be as big and strong as he is and still somewhat as mobile as he is. That first step is lethal. And that's a really big reason why, like, you know, at the line of scrimmage, he is that uh, that push that the Bucks need to start the play to kind of win the battle at the line of scrimmage for that rep. He does a really good job at that. Yeah, definitely. My I friend mean, was, was there... nice talking. Sorry, go ahead. I always say it was very nice talking to you, man. Hey, thanks, dude. I appreciate you calling in, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you again soon. Go Bucks! Yes, sir. Go Bucks! All right, we got five minutes. We'll take one more call, and then hopefully I can catch Greg. I feel really bad because I was on Greg's show last week, and uh, I was taking a nap, and I slept through when he was supposed to call me, so I didn't call him back until I was like 10 minutes late. So that was a little embarrassing. Got a call from 352. Thanks for calling the hotline. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hey, Red. It's Griffin Greatness from Macau, Florida. How are you doing? Oh, what's going on, brother? Nothing much. So I got one question. Let's do it. All right. It was reported today that Kevin King and Antoine Winfield both had injuries. Which injury do you think matters the most? I mean, I definitely think Antoine Winfield. Um, yeah. Just because of the way that he's played. You know, it's it's not I mean, yeah, he has some highlight real plays. He had that peanut punch against Jared Cook last week that really decided the game a little earlier. But yeah, I mean, losing Antoine Winfield in the backfield is going to be huge because as a rookie, he is playing like a guy who has been here year after year. And he has been definitely, I think, the strongest safety in the room for the Buccaneers on defense so far. Yeah. And how good do you think Mike Edwards is going to be replacing him? Like, is he serviceable or not? You said Mike Edwards, right? Yes. Yeah, Mike Edwards is a guy that I don't think gets talked about enough on this team, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I think if he got a little more rotations, we'd be talking about him more. But I think he's more than serviceable and more than ready to go. I mean, the guy's got a playoff. Um, he had a playoff interception. He's made a couple of big plays. He had some nice plays against Denver week three, which I think was his best game of the season when he had that interception out of the end zone. But you know, I like Mike Edwards, so if he's a guy who's going to have to step up, God forbid Antoine Winfield can't play 100%, then uh, I, I definitely have faith in him. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then how bad do you think Kevin King's injury is going to cost the Packers? Um, I don't know, man. I didn't get a good look at the injury report for the Packers today, but what's what's his status? Like, what, what was the injury? Uh, he's questionable with a back injury at the moment. I feel like he might tough it out and play. I mean, it is Friday. Yeah. To rule a guy as questionable on Friday, I usually have a good feeling about that. And for a lot of the guys on both of these rosters, this is the biggest game they've played in their career, which is why it was such a shock oh, that, yeah. you know, Antonio Brown didn't play because I really thought he would tough it out. But, um, I mean, I definitely think it'll be a bad injury for them if he end up or if he ultimately doesn't end up playing. But I guess we just kind of have to wait and see. But to be honest, between you and me, I think he ends up playing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, it's fun calling in. So. Oh yeah, brother. It was good to hear from you. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully we see Ryan Griffin dress in Tampa. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I hope he's here next season. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. You know, you know, uh, a lot of people, I want to get your two cents because I feel like, you know, you've thought about this particular topic a lot, but what do you think the Bucks should do in the draft this year when it comes to getting a quarterback? Like, I know the easy answer is Um, hang on to Ryan Griffin and don't draft a quarterback until next year. But like, you know, how do you feel? Okay. Personally for me, uh, like I like Griffin, we all know this, but I thought that they should have drafted a QB in the seventh round last season. Right. Like 
I was more excited about them picking Raymond Calais in the seventh round than Antoine in the second because they didn't pick a quarterback. You know, and I was just right. like, you know, they didn't pick Griffin. You know, today's a good day. But, like, uh, I really thought they could have gotten a guy um, in that sixth or seventh round pick that they could have developed like they did with Rosen. Yeah. And, um, like, personally, I don't, I don't think we're keeping Griffin. I, I wish we did, you know, but we have to re-sign him and Gabbard. Andrew Stanton, who was previously in Arizona, is now in the practice squad. So it's not looking too good. Yeah. But, uh, now, as far as your content is concerned, like your Griffin greatness on Instagram, you got a couple thousand yeah. followers that know you as such. If Ryan Griffin is no longer a buck, do you change your page? Are you still a Ryan Griffin page? Or do you go to like another, you know, generic bucks page? Like yeah. what's the move for you if that ends up changing? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I actually started a new Instagram page today called Bucks Today that I'm going to build up so that when he's gone, I'll be able to use that page instead. Okay, so you wouldn't you wouldn't just rebrand the Griffin page? No, I'd rather start up a new one. You know, I got you. I mean, it's a valiant way to go. It's definitely you know not taking the easy way out and using the followers that you already yeah. had. But I'm sure there were a lot yeah. of people who were curious about that, and I'm glad that I know now know too. All right, all right. Well, I appreciate calling in. Uh, I hope you have a good rest of your live stream. Hell yeah, brother! It was good to hear from you. Go Bucks! Right. Looking forward to the game this right. Sunday. Good luck. All right. Brandon Dixon in the live chat, Bubba the Love Sponge. What's going on, brother? If you are Bubba Army and listening as such, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Bubba hasn't really given me the chance to talk about it, and I don't want to be that guy that plugs his own podcast all the goddamn time. So if you're here from it and you've paid attention to my content that much, I truly do appreciate you. So thank you, Brandon. Thanks, buddy. So we're going to be hearing from Greg here soon. It is 625. I want to say the next call that we get should be him. Fingers crossed. If it's not, if, if somebody calls and you're not, Greg, then I'm I'm going to have to hang up on you. I'm sorry, because I, I can't miss this call two weeks in a row. You know what I mean? That's just a bad look on me. Makes me look terrible. But how's everybody doing in the live chat? Gil chiming in. Have you heard about Brent over at the Pewtercast? Heard that he's leaving. Yeah, I did. Um, I watched that show a couple weeks ago when they first announced it. It's a bummer, but I, I think Ren's got what it takes to, you know, I think he did say he was going to find a new co-host. So whoever he ends up finding, I'm sure will be a fine addition. And that show is going to continue to do its thing. They've got a really big following over there. And uh, I like the content that they put out. So they'll continue to rock and uh, wish Brent all the best. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. That was gross. Mr. Smith says, don't throw it to Godwin and Gronk too risky. I don't know about Gronk. I'd like to see a big game from the tight ends this week. But Godwin... Something about his playoff presence, man. He, he's not the same guy that he has been. And, uh, you know, it's definitely concerning, but I don't know. I think he's still going to have to get his targets, and I think he ultimately will still get his targets. I like Chris Godwin. I think he's a good player. I don't know what the pressure has been these past couple of weeks, but I think he steps it up if he gets the targets this week. Bucked up, was born in Ocala. HD Piz Jugs, my guy Dalton. Vita touchdown is my bold prediction. Would love to see that, man. Vita Vea out of the fullback or even the tight end position. Vita was a running back in high school. Yes, he was. And if you guys haven't checked out those highlights, they're good stuff, man. He is just bulldozing people. Hey, Rhett, why do you think almost every game we look super strong in the fourth? That I mean, that's a good question. Um, the Bucks are definitely a very good second-half team, as they've proven time after time this season. I think they're just making really good adjustments at halftime these past few weeks, and ultimately, by the time the fourth quarter comes around, they're able to kind of make the play to seal the deal. So we'll see what happens this week, but... A lot of games are decided in the fourth quarter, and the Bucks have played incredibly well in the fourth quarter, so definitely something to keep an eye on. You think the finger is still bothering Godwin? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he had those pins removed. So, I mean, maybe he could re-aggravate it. I'm sure it still hurts like a bitch, but... Uh, Shaq Barrett with a sack this week. It's coming, folks. Yes, sir, I like that big, bold prediction. Drop you guys bold predictions in the chat. Oh, Greg just texted me, said he's running a few minutes behind. That's all good, Greg. Kyle on Twitter says Evan picking the Packers was no surprise considering he wanted to pick the Washington football team so bad. That's just Evan, man. Uh, you know, Evan has always been the type of guy, and he says it himself. He is a uh, I'll believe it when I see it kind of guy. And the Bucs have definitely showed him everything he needs to see this season. So I'm surprised he picked the Packers, but that's just who he is, man. He's he's the realest guy I know, and people either love him or hate him for it. But I'm glad that he's on our podcast because he does not pull any punches and, and he tells you how it is. Port Richie Lou, shout out on Twitter, my friend. 
see what else is going on in the live chat. Where would you rank this draft class among the last few years? I think this may be one of the best ones we've ever had. I, I think this is absolutely one of the best ones we've ever had. You talk about an instant uh, instant presence from the rookie class. I mean, not only your first-round pick playing an absolutely stellar season, but Antoine Winfield Jr. playing like a first-round pick, which he was kind of, you know, first-round pick material, and I'm surprised he fell to the second, but the Bucks are lucky on that pickup. But, yeah, you know, you wish the Keyshawn Vaughn pick would have gone a little differently. Would have liked to pass rusher or even just another guy in the trenches if you wanted to go O-lineman again in the third. A big D tackle wouldn't have been bad. An outside linebacker wouldn't have been a bad pick. But if you're going to draft a running back in the third just to not use him, then, you know, that part kind of sucks. Ben Leeper, I'm feeling more confident going into this one than the Saints for sure. I, I think it's easy to feel that way, yeah. Because, I mean, you look at the track record between these teams. Not only did the Saints beat the Bucks, they beat them twice. And they beat them in the fashion that they did by running up the score. So for the Bucks to come out against the Saints, the Saints team that they had showed not a lot of positive play against in the regular season. And to conquer that is a really good feeling. So you already won 38 to 10 over the Packers. You know, it's not going to be the same game, but to know that that's already under your belt to score 38 unanswered points on any team is something special. I don't think they're going to score 38 unanswered by any means against the Packers this Sunday, but I get what you mean about how you feel a little bit more confident about it. Froggy 75, Justin Vader says, Devin White with a pick six. Hell yeah, Justin Vader. Good to hear from you, my friend. Dan Coylon, I expect a closer game, but we just have more talent than they have offensively and defensively. That is very true, but here's something I want to throw at you is, you know, Bruce has said it himself, talent doesn't win you games. It doesn't win you a Super Bowl, doesn't win you a conference championship at that. The chemistry is going to be important. And as for Green Bay, of the four playoff teams left, they have the most homegrown talent on their team. So, they, you know, while the Bucks may have more talent, the Packers have been together. They've got 36 homegrown players, and I believe the Bucks have 27. We had a call from the 337. Maybe it's Greg? Hello? Hey, what's up, Brett? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. You ready to roll? Oh, is this Greg? Yes, it is. Hey, what's going on, brother? So we're doing like a little simulcast right now. You're live on our feed as well. Am I coming in loud and clear for you? Yeah, you sound good. Awesome. Glad to hear it, my friend. How are you doing? I am good, dude. Just uh, rocking and rolling, you know, uh, doing our last Friday show here on this uh, on this airwaves, man. We're, uh, I'm, uh, I'm moving on. I got a different show. And I'm moving to Tennessee next week. Oh, there you go. What, uh, what part of Tennessee are you moving to? What, what was that? What uh what part of Tennessee are you moving into? Oh, Chattanooga. Okay, nice. I got some family yeah. in Johnson City, so I'm in and out of Tennessee all the time. I love it up there, man. Oh, sweet. I've, I've never really spent any time there, so we'll, it'll be a new change for me. Oh, yeah, man. Hope it treats you well. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Hello? Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. No, yeah, I lost you for a second. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Hang on. Greg Larner, ESPN Radio, 1420 AM. We're going to be talking to him here on his radio show shortly. So that's the background music you guys hear. They got me on hold, and they got some damn good hella. All right, welcome back to The Word with G right here on ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 mobile app. We're coming to you live from the Roofing Louisiana broadcast studios. We only got about 10 or so minutes, unfortunately. But uh, so let's get right to our next guest. And we're doing some sort of a little simulcast action going on right now is with our next guest, Rhett Matthew of a Cannon Fire podcast and the Believe Podcasting Network. He joins us right now from the phone line. What's up, Rhett? Hey, Greg. Happy Friday. How you doing, my friend? Happy Friday to you, dude. I am uh, I'm a little nervous about our matchup this week. You know, my Packers versus your Bucks, and uh, you know, Tampa Bay uh, Brady didn't do a whole heck of a lot against the New Orleans Saints, but with the short fields that the defense was able to give him, he was able to capitalize, and uh, you know, that was kind of the same way that the uh, matchup in Week Six went against uh, the Packers. So, first of all, how did you feel about that win against New Orleans, and? Um, what were the major factors in, in terms of uh, being able to come away with a victory that you think can carry over into this week? Well, I'll tell you, man, it was so sweet 
for so many Bucks fans, because as you know, as we kind of talked about on the preview show, it's just a team that has haunted them for so long. So the opportunity to beat them in their house, Drew Brees' final game, at least what's thought to be his final game, it was a damn good feeling. And a lot of people in Tampa Bay are still talking about it to this day. Now, obviously, you have a much bigger matchup to focus on this Sunday. But I'll tell you, the biggest thing that I'm thinking about and the biggest thing that we saw against the Saints that I think we need to see a repeat of is just this defense. They have stepped it up. I mean, they had a you know pretty bad game, a lot of people could say, against Washington. Uh, Taylor Heineke having the day that he did was unacceptable in a lot of people's eyes. So they hunkered down and they did a really good job. Four takeaways from them, and it is a welcome sight. So I'm kind of expecting the defense to still carry this team. Even if Tom Brady doesn't put up a blockbuster day, the Bucs signed him to manage these football games and to not turn the ball over. And, uh, I mean, he's done a pretty okay job of doing that this season compared to the guy that they had under center last year. But as long as Brady can manage the game and they don't make any mistakes on offense, I like the defense carrying this game. And uh, I, I know one of the biggest things you guys had probably noticed as well was the return of Vita Vea, who just got activated for Sunday's yeah. game. So, uh a lot of different blitz packages coming at Aaron Rodgers. I know the Packers have adjusted to the blitz really well since they last played Tampa Bay, but there's a lot of wild cards on that defense. And uh, I think if they show up ready to play and they can force a turnover, they could take this one. Cause I think whoever wins the turnover battle is ultimately going to be winning this game. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. We just got off with our Packer guy here on, uh, on the show. So I was having you guys back to back. So, um, yeah, that, that was huge. And, and I was just alluding to the fact that the Packers aren't really a big takeaway defense you know they, they they're kind of that bend but don't break defense and you know just as long as they can kind of keep you out of the end zone and and, and whatnot then and, and give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to get seven and, and and while you're only getting three you're going to win if, if you're doing the math at home that way uh so, and with that Bucks defense as you alluded to you know the four turnovers this past week was was awesome for the Bucks. obviously not great for the Saints fans here they didn't like that uh very much and dude Talk to me a little bit about these linebackers that you have, because I know a lot of us, you know, here in this area know about Devin White, but it seems like he's up to his game to even another level alongside Levante David. And you mentioned Vita Vea coming back and Sue and JPP and all these weapons that they have on that defensive line. Oh, yeah. Devin White coming back against the Saints, you knew was going to be a big factor for that defense, but he was without a doubt the best player on the field for that defense against New Orleans. So, I mean, Devin White playing like a man possessed. He played great in New Orleans. He loves playing in New Orleans because he always seems to have a big game in the Superdome. And I mean, also Levante David, you know, this is a guy that coming into the season, everybody had talked about how he's supposed to be getting you know, the accolades, the attention that he didn't get before. And I still think that after this season, he's still one of the most underrated linebackers in the league. I don't think he's talked about enough, but the combination of those two guys together has absolutely been the saving grace of this defense more than once. And I mean, you look at Devin White. I talked about how he's been playing like an animal lately. He has that green dot on his helmet for a reason, and he's done a really good job of quarterbacking this defense when he needs to. So as long as those guys can kind of, you know, keep their tackling technique up to snuff, because I know that's something we saw the Bucks defense struggle with a couple of times against Washington. And as long as Devin White keeps playing the way that he's playing, he's very critical on the blitz as well. I had mentioned Vita Vea coming back. It just opens up more doors for other guys on that pass rush to make some moves. So whoever you're sending in the gap, whatever linebacker it is, you have a couple of playmakers back there who can absolutely wreck a game for the opposing quarterback. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But both of those guys have just, playing, uh, have just been playing awesome football this season. Very scary, those two linebackers, man. That, that if you know, being a Packers fan myself, that's something that I'm really worried about uh, with those two guys. And again, Rhett Matthew has been our guest, uh, is our guest here on the Word with G from the Cannon Fire Pod and of the Believe Podcasting Network. All right, let's talk about the offensive side of the football now. And how big of a deal is it that Antonio Brown isn't going to be playing in this game? And you know, Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin also a little bit banged up. They don't seem to be 100% either. How big of a deal is it not to have, have Antonio Brown and what the Bucks want to do on an offensive standpoint? You know, it's definitely a big deal when you talk about the absence of a, of a guy who is just a natural playmaker. I mean, he is without a doubt another one of the weapons on this offense. He's a guy who can make something out of nothing. Uh, he's been pretty good in the screen game. They had him on a couple of end arounds here and there. He's just incredibly athletic, and he's a guy that you love dumping the ball off to. So having him out is definitely huge. But I think the consensus is I still trust this offense to put points on the board. I mean, Mike Evans is still 
in a league of his own. I still think he's a top five wide receiver. Chris Godwin, while he has had, you know, kind of a a case of the dropsies so far this postseason, I really hope that if he gets the targets on Sunday against Green Bay, he can step it up because I know he's capable. And I know that Chris Godwin can be a number one wide receiver on 29 out of 32 NFL teams. So you still have the talent there. You've got Scotty Miller, who is a playmaker in himself, and the connection between him and Brady is great. You got Tyler Johnson, who had that highlight reel catch last week, a critical first down in the third quarter for Tampa Bay. So you've got playmakers. And with that being said, I still kind of trust Tom Brady to navigate this offense when he needs to get the ball down the field and get in the end zone when they need to. Also, I mean, you've got the tight ends. I know that we talked about Rob Gronkowski not really having a uh, monstrous showing in the postseason. He's kind of been blocking his ass off, but... You know, I think it's a big day for the tight ends, too. Cam Brate probably get his fair share of targets. If Rob Gronkowski's not being used as an extra chip blocker and that uh, 12 personnel, then, you know, hopefully we'll see him in the end zone. But um, there's still definitely some weapons on the offense, and I think they can get the job done. And some of the biggest weapons that I think, in my estimation, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Rhett, but, you know, some of the biggest weapons that, that I thought were a huge factor in that game on Sunday against the Saints, one was Leonard Fournette. I thought he played an absolutely phenomenal game and, and mixing him with Ronald Jones as well. And Jonesy seems like he's coming back and he's going to be healthy. And you have both of those guys in the backfield and you've got some damn good running backs in this matchup between those two guys and then Aaron Jones and Jamal uh, Williams and, and A.J. Dillon. Uh, how much of a, a factor do you see the running game being what this offense for the Bucks want to do and some people like to say that, you know, you look at some of the games the Packers have played this year, you know, against Dalvin Cook specifically when he ran wild on him. But the Packers have seemed to do a better job of late at, at, at least limiting and not allowing an opposing running backs to go wild on them in terms of running for over 150 yards, 200 yards or whatever it may be. So how big of a factor do you think Fournette and Jones are going to be in what the Bucks want to do this weekend? Oh, I think it's going to be huge. You know, a lot of people look at a Bruce Arians offense and you know that they like to take their shots. You know, it's not like they're going to shy away from a play action 50 yard chuck downfield on third and one. I think we get at least one of those this week. But something that the Bucks offense has really started to come around to the second half of the season and even here in the playoffs a little bit is the short passing game. And uh, I think anyone who's anyone knows that if you have a good run game, even if it's not explosive, if you can pick up four, five, six yards on first and second down to, uh, to set up third manageable, that's where that short passing game can come in handy. So that's what I kind of think the game plan is for Tampa Bay coming into this one. A lot of the short passing game, the long grinded out drives that take a lot of time off of the clock. And then you look at the pair of running backs that you have back there. Ronald Jones, whenever he gets the football in his hand, he looks explosive, and that is great. Personally, I like Rudd, uh, I like Ronald Jones a little bit better than I like Leonard Fournette, just because I think he'll be here next season and the season after. Leonard Fournette has definitely been playing at another level in the playoffs, and he's earning his money, but I think he's out there earning his money for another team because I don't think he returns to Tampa Bay. But the fact that you have both of those guys running the ball well is definitely going to be important to what they're trying to do. But I will say... I said on our game preview show this week, I'll say it again here. Whoever has the hot hand, I say just let him eat. If Ronald Jones starts the first quarter and he's running a little bit better than Fournette, then ride the hot hand with Rojo. I think he has the ability to be a 20-carry-a-game running back. And uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens in that first quarter. But I think it's I, I think it's incredibly important to what the Bucks want to try and do on offense. Rhett Matthew is our guest here, the host of the Cannon Fire podcast for the Tampa Bay Bucks of the Believe Podcasting Network here on our, uh, our championship NFL playoff whip around. Last one for me, Rhett. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a ton of time left. We're a little time constrained uh, here on our, our side just because we have women's basketball for Raging Cajuns coming up in a few minutes. So, um, with you know, in a minute or two, sum up what you think this game comes down to, who wins it, and why. Uh, this game's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. I, I think this is going to be the game of the playoffs. I think it'll be a slugfest. Um, I, I think it'll be a strong showing from both of these defense, but I do think one of these teams scores over 30 points. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a homer here. Call me biased, but I do have the Buccaneers coming out on top 31 to 28. I think the turnover battle is going to be huge. I think whatever team gives up the ball is going to ultimately lose this game. You look at both of these teams coming in, Tom Brady, while he does have you know a higher number of interceptions than he's used to, he's not a guy that turns the ball over very much. And then on the road for Tom Brady this season, he's got 25 touchdowns and two picks. The Bucs are 8-2 and two on the road. So... You know, they're definitely having a pretty good season as the Road Warrior team. And I think that this game on Sunday is going to be 
the matchup of the entire postseason. I think it's a game we'll be talking about for a long time, and I think the last team that has the ball is going to come out victorious. But like I said, I'm taking the home team here, 31 to 28 Buccaneers, and they advance to their first Super Bowl since 37, all the way back in 03. There you go, Rhett Matthew. Again, has been our guest host of the Cannon Fire Podcast and the Believe Podcasting Network. Man, I hope uh, I hope that your prediction does not come true on my end, but I do appreciate the time. As usual, I'm glad we got an opportunity to do this. Got a chance to share uh, you with your listeners a little bit uh, as well, man. Best of luck, and um, well, I guess maybe I should say worst of luck. But anyways, good luck this weekend. Hopefully everything goes well. Hope we had a great game, and it's nice that we finally get a chance to see Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady in the playoffs. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, Greg. It was good talking to you as always, my friend. You as well, man. Be good. Alrighty, we'll take a couple more calls. Shout out to my man Greg out there, 1420 AM ESPN Radio in New Orleans. Like I said, the flagship station of the Raging Cajun. They got college basketball, women's college basketball is going to be throwing them off of the air. But it was good to talk to him. Got a little bit of a game preview as we kind of wrap things up here. I think I'll take one more call before I wrap it up if you can get in here soon. 813-433-0323. Thank you guys to everybody who has tuned into this live stream so far. It was kind of an impromptu last minute thing. I got the word out pretty last minute, but for everybody who's shown up and showed out, I truly do appreciate you. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We do all sorts of stuff here. We do the Can Fire Hotline shows like this, of course, but we also do two episodes a week. Every Monday, we'll do a game review show, and then every Thursday will be our game preview show. We upload hype videos every now and again. We've got the NFC Championship hype video that I had put together. Go check that out on our channel as well. I think it just got over a 1,000 views. And if you want a little bit more game preview that you haven't got just yet, make sure you check out our game preview show from yesterday. Our good buddy James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation here on YouTube, jumped on the show with us, and it really was a good time. It's always a good chemistry when we have James on the show. He's the third member of the show for a reason. But it looks like I'm not getting any more Skype calls, so I think that's going to wrap this stream up. Thank you guys so much. One last shout-out to all my people in the live chat. I'm a Bucks blocking tight end. Tom Brady only has 25 to 30 pass attempts. Bucks winning by 10. I like that logic there. Nestor Cervantes says, I'm tired of talk. I can't wait until toe meets leather. Go Bucks. Yes, sir. It's going to be a long weekend, which I guess isn't really ever a bad thing. But when you're waiting for a game like you are on Sunday, it's going to take forever. Thank God it's an afternoon game and we don't have to wait till six in the afternoon again. Froggy 75. Indeed. I really believe if we go off with our run game on Sunday, that's how we pull off the W. Yes, sir. I think this game is decided in the trenches. TB12 Goatman, I really like Rojo a lot in this game. I hope he gets 15, 20 carries. Me too, my friend. I was just being sarcastic with the punch him in his molestash face. Oh, I know, dude. It was... <laughs> I appreciate you tuning in and leaving comments. It's all the good interaction here on our channel. I just thought, dude, I thought it was hilarious. Like, anybody roasting anybody on our show is, is typically a good pop. It's always a pretty good laugh, but uh, that one made me giggle, man. Really think you'll see uh, Gronk primarily block a lot again Sunday, mainly because we need that run game to go into beast mode, and the Packers have a weak run defense. Absolutely. Buccaneers, number one run defense in the NFL for the second year in a row, so it'll be a pretty big matchup in the trenches there. G Vegas, shout out to my friend there. Bucked up, still hanging out with us. Dan Coleon. Levante is the best as far as I'm concerned. I think so. He's the best linebacker in the league, without a doubt. The fact that he didn't get a Pro Bowl nod is what's infuriating, because you heard Greg on New Orleans sports radio talking about how good Devin White and Levante David are, and those guys didn't get a Pro Bowl nod. He didn't talk to me about Jason Pierre-Paul. I'll just leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Cannon Fire Hotline show. JPP is going to have a big game this Sunday. I love the guy. I don't know why everybody thinks that we're the JPP hate podcast, but he's one of my favorite players to watch on this team, especially because he is a Tampa native, baby. USF grad, go Bulls. And I actually live right around the corner from the campus. So there you go, man. Homegrown talent at its best right there. Expecting a big game from Tampa Bay. Like I said, I've got them winning 31 to 28. Thank you guys to everybody who has listened to this, whether you're watching live on YouTube or you're checking out the replay over on our podcast outlets. Big game for the Buccaneers on Sunday. If they win, they are in the Super Bowl. You got to take it one game at a time. It's just how you got to do it in the NFL. It's how you got to do it in the playoffs. One game at a time for Tampa Bay. And the biggest game in what feels like 20 years coming up on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers, the Battle of the Goats, 12 versus 12, and the Frozen Tundra. Whatever the hell you want to build this thing as, it is going to be a great game. The next time we talk to you guys will be on Monday. Or it'll be on Sunday night. I don't know. We'll talk to you after the game. If they win, 
We'll talk to you right after the game. If they lose, we'll talk to you on Monday. And then we'll talk to you again later that week for the season review show. But thank you guys so much. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for myself. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. And if you follow me, I will follow you back. Until next time. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big